You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. My intention is to share with you simple tips and tricks that will make a huge difference in your home, as well as giving you all the support and encouragement you deserve to enhance your parenting experience. I've created this safe place for us to explore the issues and concerns that matter to you bringing you clarity and solutions with Q&A sessions and inspirational conversation with world-renowned experts in a variety of fields. I'm a firm believer that parenting was never meant to be done alone, and I'm here to debunk the general consensus that it has to be hard. A warm welcome to you, and thanks for tuning in. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Art of Parenting. This is your host, Jeanne-Marie Panel, And today I have the lovely Dana Sukau. And Dana has been doing a lot of work on body-confident children, at least helping us as parents uh, raise body-confident children and really a lot of work around body images and preventing eating disorders. And I know if you've listened to one of my solo podcasts where I talked about um, meals and such, uh, I know for, for parents of young children, it's always kind of an issue of how to get them to sit at the dining room table and finish their meals and all that. And I talked a lot about how we can also change that up and not repeat what was done to us as as children. So this conversation with Dana, I'm really excited to share with you because she's going to be giving us a lot of tools and strategies to make sure that we kind of prevent any of that uh, negative behavior that we might have around food. So Dana, thank you so much for being here and thank you for making the time. This is... um, a repeat interview. We had a, a, a interview earlier last week, and for some reason, uh, the internet was not cooperating with us. So thank you so much for making the time to be with me again. You know, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be on. I'm happy that we're, we're chatting again. I mean, I, I you know, I, I really appreciate you inviting me, and I'm definitely looking forward to the conversation we're going to have. Well, good. And um, so, you know, I always start with my favorite question about the podcast, which is how do you define the art of parenting? So I think, you know, I think the art of parenting is, I think it's parents being vulnerable. I think it's parents being, knowing that they are going to be imperfect and, and helping children understand that no one is perfect, that the kids don't have to be perfect. And that, you know, I think your kids are lovable and wonderful, regardless of what their bodies look like, regardless of all the other things about them. Um, You know, and I think, again, it's, it's raising children so that they know that they are good enough, just as they are. I love that. Thank you. And Mm -hmm. and it's so important. And to, to, I think also as parents to model that, um, because it's true that we can, you know, I was thinking of our conversation, you know, ahead of time and, and how I realize that sometimes I'm not body confident or I don't, mm. you know, I don't necessarily like the way I am, you know, a certain time of the year or I haven't been exercising mm-hmm. or I've put on some weight and making those comments in front of your children, mm-hmm. I think, especially your daughters, um, mm-hmm 
affects them, right? So yeah. it's it's important for us to love ourselves just the way we are as well. Right, uh, right. Well, her. you know, and, and what you said, especially for our daughters, I mean, 100% is, you know, definitely for our girls. But I mean, even I think what happens is we forget about boys a lot when it comes to body confidence and body positivity. And I think especially if you're a mother and you're body shaming yourself in front of your little, your son, you know, he's seeing that this is how women are supposed to act, that women are supposed to dislike their bodies, that men are supposed to be judgmental about women's bodies. And so I think it's important, you know, I think regardless of the gender is how is this little human being perceiving this in the grand scheme of the world? And what is this information going to do to them growing up? You know, how are they going to look at women or how are they going to look at themselves? So I think it's, you know, as we have a growing number of boys getting eating disorders and a growing number of men hating their body and getting body dysmorphia, um, I think we have to start looking at this as this is a a human problem. Uh, for sure, girls and women have been getting it worse for years. Um, but if we look at it sort of in the strains of, of capitalism, you know, a business has to keep growing or it's dying. So a business, you know, there's only so many body parts that women have to hate. So a business is going to transfer that over to men and they're going to start marketing over to men's bodies. So we're now we're seeing a lot of young boys and men um, you know, stepping into the same um, self-hatred roles that women have had for so long. Yes, and that's that's very sad. So tell us a little bit about um, just how you came to do the work that you're doing. If you could just share a little bit more about yourself, because I, I don't know as if I did that great of a job to introduce you. So if you could uh, introduce no, yourself, don't worry that would about be it. great. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Of course. So so my name is Dana Sukar. I'm a speaker and an educator uh, on body image, on how to raise children who love themselves. And I do a lot of work. So I do one-on-one training with families, um, you know, Skype sessions or in-person sessions. I also speak at schools. I also do workshops and I travel around the world working with you know large groups of people helping them not only love themselves but but raising the next generation so that they love and accept themselves also uh you know my story started i i hated my body when i was a child i had you know pretty severe cystic acne growing up i've been on you know accutane multiple times more dermatologist appointments than i could ever count in my life and that insecurity manifested into an eating disorder when i was about 25 years old um and on top of that when i was about 26 i started doing fashion blogging so i became a fashion blogger and uh what I had realized it took a couple years, but doing the fashion blogging, being in fashion was actually triggering my eating disorder. It was actually fueling my self-hatred. You know, all these things that I didn't like about themselves were, were magnified to the power of 10. Um, and I was Photoshopping myself, you know, it was getting to the point where I was actually scared of being seen outside in public because I thought people would see me and go, Oh my gosh, she is totally not the person she is. She's such a liar. Um, so I really kind of was living these two lives, you know, I was living this, my regular life, and then this other life of this fashion blogger that I felt was completely untrue to who I am, was triggering my eating disorder. And on top of that, you know, people would comment on photos on the blog or on social media and tell me how beautiful and perfect I was. And what I they didn't know was that they were commenting on things that were unreal. You know, even if it was a photo that maybe didn't have a lot of Photoshop, we took a hundred photos to get that one perfect one. So I started, um, 
getting out of fashion blogging. And I started doing work around body image and eating disorder prevention when I was going through my own recovery. I started hosting workshops around the country and speaking to people. And, uh, you know, I would hold space for people to, you know, and I'd ask the question, where did your body image issues start? And over and over and over again, I would hear from people that it started when they were young. It started at school. It started at home. It started with their their coach. Um, And I started realizing there's prevention work that needs to be happening here. I mean, you know, as much as I want to be working with people who are already in it, I want to work and make it so the next generation doesn't go through what we are going through currently. So I started working with parents, teachers, caregivers, and now I, you know, I'm so happy to say that you know I'm, I'm out of fashion, I'm out of doing that stuff, and I, I really am doing my passion work with working with people so that to give them the tools and the skills that the people who raise me, the people who raise perhaps you and others didn't have growing up. Um, and that's really where my work and my my passion lies. Yeah, and so and so beautiful that you've kind of really translated your 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 own experience into right. really you know giving back because I think that that is so important that you you come from this very you know you've experienced this so you have what what uh, will will help us not um, kind of repeat that with our own children right so. well I mean there's a there's a great saying that's uh, you know heal yourself and then teach others how to do it um, yeah. and so that's you know I, I've I've gone through the recovery I've, I've worked on myself you know and I'm always I'm always still working I think we're never fully healed from our, our past but I think that we can you know, once we really go, okay, I have, I have the key to what worked with me and we can really share that with other people. And I think it's important we do that. I think it's important when we have worked hard to find the answers that we use that knowledge and we give it to other people so that it ripples out and that we really can create, you know, help heal, heal people, heal this country, heal the world. I mean, I I think it really starts with little ripples. Definitely, definitely. And so in this work, what are some of the kind of key maybe revelations that you 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 share with parents or, or the key kind of tools that you share with parents of and, and I would, you know, um, if you could share more for the, the younger children, because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the listeners are new parents or expecting parents. Mm-hmm. So really kind of how can we really uh, be, be aware of some of the things that we're probably, you know, saying or doing unconsciously? Right. So, I mean, great question. And, and there's, you know, I, I have kind of 10 main tools that I talk about, but I think the most important one is to learn about diet culture, to learn about body positivity, to learn about self-care and self-love and self-acceptance. You know, I, I think, you know, that saying, you know, I think what is it RuPaul says, you know, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love someone else? But it really, to a point, it's true. To a point, it's that If we don't want to pass on our toxic stuff to the next generation, we have to heal and work on our toxic stuff. We have Mm -hmm. to work on the trauma. We have to work through the pain. We have to get through the reasons we hate ourselves and know that most of the time, the reasons we hate ourselves is not because we're actually bad or ugly or stupid. It's because a corporation is trying to profit off of us or because a guardian or a parent or someone we cared about when we were young told us that we weren't good enough unless we changed our bodies, unless we knew more, unless we were more perfect. 
And so this is the stuff that sits with us. And, you know, I think most parents are really coming from a place of love and protection when they're working with their kids, when they're raising kids. But I don't think we realize just how much that, that toxic stuff that's in us, you know, that pain, that trauma, that, that PTSD that we're, so many people are holding on to, that it does come out. It comes out in your parenting. It comes out in the way you manage stress. It comes out in the ways that you're able to manage your child when they're stressed. It comes out in what you say when your child comes to you and says, I hate my body. Do you say the same thing that your parents said? Or do you try something new? Because that maybe didn't work. So it's really, you know, I think the most important thing is learn about the systems of oppression that are making you dislike yourself because they're out there and there's a lot of books. And if anybody doesn't know where to start, um, if you go to my website, if you go to danasukow.com slash resources, I have a whole free resource section. You don't have to enter your email address. You don't have to do anything um, of you know body positive books for children, for teens, for adults. Um, I have body positive podcasts. I have body positive movies. I have you know all of this stuff, all of this resource stuff where you can start and begin your learning process. Um, yeah. You know, another great thing too is you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to know everything. And I think it's important for children to see parents who don't know everything. Um, if your child says, you know, I don't like my thighs or I saw this and I don't understand it, or, you know, I have a problem with my body. If you don't know the right thing to say, you can literally say to your child, you know what? I don't know the right thing to say. Let's learn about this together. And I think sh letting children see that you're vulnerable, that you're empathetic, but also that you're open to learning and understanding and finding out new things, it's so important for children to see. And it's so important for children to know that it's okay to not know everything. So yeah. again, I think the most important thing, learning about that, you know, other things too, a really important thing too is, um, you know, the way that we talk about our bodies, the way that you speak about your body, not only... Do you hear it? Not only does your soul, your energy, all of this other stuff, but other people hear it. And a lot of times those other people are little, little kids listening and observing. So it's refraining from body shaming, you know, being aware of how we talk about our bodies, how other people who are around your children, how are they talking about bodies? And if it's not positive, either turn it positive or turn it neutral because nobody needs that negative energy around bodies. We've got enough stuff in this world telling us we're not good enough. Yes. I, I, and I love that. I mean, because to me, it's also that whole, you know, comparison and, and such. And I know on your resources and thank you for that. I'll put that in the show notes, mm -hmm. but you, you, you had shared with me that you also have like Instagram accounts to yes. follow. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is so important. So you know, this isn't for the, the young children, but maybe for those teenagers who are following all these, you know, quote yeah. unquote, perfect humans yeah. who, yeah. you know, as you as you shared with us are are not realistic. It's good mm -hmm. to see, you know, other people and, and kind of another image of our culture because it, it is yeah. so, so varied. So thank you for that. Yeah. 
And, and I'm glad you brought up social media because I have such a, an experience with social media from doing the fashion blogging, from putting the Photoshopped images, from being trying to be perfect and beautiful and loved and getting acceptance and validation from strangers online for so many years. So I, I really, I understand both sides of it. And I understand that we, you know, a lot of times we follow accounts for inspiration or because, wow, that's so beautiful. It makes us, you know, you know, it makes us inspired. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you're looking at something and it's making you feel like you're not good enough, it's making you feel like your body is not good enough, your life is not good enough, you don't have enough money, all of these things, unfollow it. Get unfollow, it out I was going to say. Unfollow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Get it out of your vision. Get it out of your life because none of us need to be constantly comparing ourselves to others. You know, I do believe that social media is a huge role in why we have higher rates of teen suicide, higher rates of teen depression, higher rates of stress and anxiety among adults too. I think that we are inundated with perfect photoshopped photos of people having the best life and it does not show the reality of what it's actually like to exist in this world. You know, another part of it too is if your social media is only showing one body type, are you only seeing thin, fit people? Are you only seeing white people? Are you only seeing young people? Are you only seeing, you know, women in sexual poses? Are you only seeing men with, you know, washboard abs? Are, you know, is being aware, what are the images? What is the type of body you're seeing over and over and over and over again and diversify it? And that's why, again, you can go to my resource page. I've got a ton of Instagram accounts that you could follow to diversify your feed. Because what happens with our brains is the more we see difference, the more we see diversity, the more our brain goes, oh, okay, that's normal. When we don't see it, you know, when we don't see varying body types, when we don't see plus size characters being the heroes instead of the butt of the jokes, we view those things as abnormal. We view those bodies as not normal. And so it's really important that the world around you is also that your social media is also, you know, looks like the world around you, that the world around you looks like your social media and vice versa. So I think yeah. that these are really important tips and tools that are very easy to change we just don't realize that we're doing that right right because we're we're yeah i mean we're 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 set up in a in a culture that you know like you said earlier about where we're the industry. I mean, it, it's, you know, we're, we're being led on mm -hmm. this path for me sometimes. And it's really being aware that it's a lot of what we do unconsciously. I actually was running a, a workshop last night with some parents and we were talking about uh, screen time and, and, you know, a father said, but I'm addicted. Like, mm -hmm. you know, here we were trying to solve the issue for, for our children, but, you know, he honestly said, I'm addicted. And I, and I said, you know, it's really, it's, it's, it's on us to kind of put that down and, and, and put things away. Like we cannot mm -hmm. let these big corporations who have been studying our brain to right. make us addicted. Well, uh, right. Exactly. You know, kind of run the show. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's important, you know, to realize that, you know, at the end of the day, our phones might actually be smarter than us. You know, the corporations have spent millions and billions of dollars to study the human brain, to study, mar you know, modern marketing was actually founded by Charles Darwin's, I believe it's his brother. 
So literally the person who, you know, was studying human evolution and, and our and our biology and the way that, you know, we came to exist in our in our current form, someone who was very close to that took it a step further and developed modern marketing. So we really have to be aware of what the tools, the, the amount of money, the energy that's going into getting your eyeballs on your phone. Because okay. at the end of the day, the more time you spend on your phone, the more data is being collected. And the more data that's being collected, the more that they can target advertising to you and the more they can sell your information. So so really, I mean, again, behind it, it's not, you know, flowers and fields and blue skies. It's number crunching and money. Um, and so it's just important to be aware. You know, there's a great documentary. It's called Like, L-I-K-E. Um, and it talks about social media. It's, it's actually a great documentary that I, I uh, was on a panel about it, um, but a lot of schools are showing it. So if you are listening to this and you have any access to a school, get them to show like movie at the school, have them do a parent uh, a screening after school. This is a very, very important movie, but it literally talks about exactly what we're talking about here with social media. And it gives parents tools and teens tools on how they can limit social media time and be more aware and more cognizant of being present in our lives. Okay. That's, 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 I mean, it's fascinating. And I think we could do a whole episode yeah, on, on social media. Absolutely. But, uh, to, to get back to, you know, the work that you've been doing with parents about helping us really raise the body confident children, mm-hmm. what are some of kind of the, maybe the strategies that you might share with parents around this I feel that oftentimes parents are concerned that their children, you know, aren't eating enough, aren't getting enough nutrition and such. And I know that that's a concern with, with you know, families with, with younger children. And, and I tend to err on the side that children are very wise as mm-hmm. to what their body is asking for and to really respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the the strategies that or the language maybe that you have around that for parents that might be concerned? Yeah, so I mean, that's a great question. And full disclosure, I'm not a nutritionist. So I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of nutrition in children. Um, that is not not where uh, my focus is. But right. I will say if anyone is listening to this and, and you really want to get want to hear from more of like a body positive nutritionist angle, specifically for kids, an amazing Instagram account to follow is Kids Eat in Color. Kids oh, Eat that. in yes. Color. I think it's kids.eat.in.color. I'm not sure. Maybe there's an underscore, but look for her. Jennifer is an incredible resource for anyone who is really not sure how to introduce children to vegetables and get them to eat more vegetables and also to neutralize, you know, sweets and snacks and things like that. Um, so highly, highly recommend her. As far as it relating more to body positivity, you know, something that I work with with families and parents on is the language that we use to talk about food. How are you talking about food? Are you saying it's good and bad? Are you saying it's clean and dirty? You know, this type of language, it, it adds a moral value to food. And unfortunately, when we place morality on food, what happens is it's not that the food is bad. It's that you are bad for eating it. Mm. You now are dirty. 
You now are bad. You now are disgusting. You now are fat. You are now are, you know, all of these words that we use to describe bad food. And at the end of the day, you know, food is food. You know, I think we really have to neutralize food. I understand that some food has more, um, you know, nutrients in it. I understand we want to stay away from processed food and artificial colors and flavors. But, you know, I, I have, I've worked with parents who are literally locking up the fridge because they're afraid of their children eating. And what happens when we do that, when we say that things are not allowed, when we say that things are so terrible and so bad, all we end up doing is making it so that kids are going to binge on that stuff when they're out of the house. You know, it, it we make it, you know, I, I, I've had parents, so many parents come to me and say, I, the reason that they come to me is because they found candy wrappers in their, in their kid's backpack. And I say, okay, so, you know, do you allow candy and sugar in the house? And they say, absolutely not. And I'm like, this is why, you know, when we set up restrictions, we're setting children up for failure. We, it's about neutralizing things. It's about making it so that, you know, eating M&Ms is okay, the same as eating salad, and your child will learn to listen to their bodies. You know, of course, you can say, look, we don't eat M&Ms before dinner. But at the same time, you know, if we if we make these things so special and magical, and that they're only a once in a week or a once in a month thing, or maybe they're a never thing, I promise you that your child is going to find it somewhere else and they are going to hide it from you because they're afraid of getting in trouble. So, you know, it really is about neutralizing foods. And the language that I like to use is sometimes always, not clean, dirty, not good, bad, sometimes always food. You know, that is a sometimes food, that is an always food, you know, going from there. And I like really, that, sometimes and always, always food. Because, yeah. And and really just being aware and cognizant of, of the language we're using, because when we place moral value on food, we're not placing it on food, we're placing it on the people that eat it. Right, right. And uh, for me also, as, as you know, kind of the my role as a parenting mentor, I just really empower families to just only bring in what what you want your children to be eating in your home. Like why, why have junk food if junk food is not permitted? Like don't bother buying it like you know for me personally I've never bought uh, soda like we don't mm -hmm. we just don't have soda in our home we do buy it when we have uh, when we entertain and we have parties and then you know we might finish it off mm -hmm. later but it just was never part of what was in the in the cart when we went to the grocery store so my children have just grown accustomed to that's just not it's not a habit uh, so right. you know I think we just we forget how much power we have also in, in what we bring into our home, what we put in our refrigerators. And, and that's really important there. Yeah. But you know, and I, I, I agree 100%. And I, but I will say again, you know, a house that has absolutely no sugar in it because you don't want your children to eat sugar, they're going to find it. So, you know, again, it's, it's kind of, you know, I, I view this almost in kind of that abstinence only um, discussions that a lot of people have, you know, when you don't allow things, Kids are going to find ways to do them. So you've got to have discussions. And I think, you know, if you're afraid of having sugar in the house, then that's work that, that you as a, a parent has to do. You know, what is your fear? If you're afraid that you're going to binge and purge on it, 
there's deep, deep work that needs to be done there. Um, but again, 100%, I mean, you know, not, not have, I think there's got to be a healthy balance of, you know, yes, maybe you don't buy it all the time, but also that it is not something that is such a special treat that it's a bad food or it's just not allowed in the house. Right, right. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's like you say, it's that balance, because it's not, it's not a forbidden food. It's just something that I as a parent choose not to, right. you know, put money into. And of course. When we go out to the restaurant, if we want to have a soda, let's have a soda. Like that's, sure. you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing for me, maybe, you know, a, as an adult is cocktails, like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have cocktails at home. Uh, you know, when I'm, I'm just my husband and I, when we go mm-hmm. out, sure. So it's, it's just, it's just how your, your kind of day-to-day habits also affect what your children see of course. and what they have access to. Of course. And I think yeah. the reasons that you're restricting, you know, again, if right, you're right. not having soda because it's literally going to rot your teeth and because, you know, they're taking up clean water and, you know, Coca-Cola is involved in deforestation and all of these other aspects of it, then absolutely don't have it in your right, house. But if right. it's because you're afraid to get fat, that's where the the deep the deep work and the deep discussion needs to happen. Right, right. Yeah, no, very, very good point and, and subtle point of, of more of the values, basically. Right. It really right. is, is deep-rooted values. Right. Um, wonderful. Uh, and, and so just, just in the, the time that we have, um, I know that you, you know, there's, there's probably a lot more that you want to share with parents, but as we kind of close up, what are some, maybe, you know, one thing that you want to make sure that our listeners understand and, and really get from this conversation around really creating a body positive, uh, next generation? Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, there's, there's so much, I think, you know, I think there'd be two quick takeaways. I mean, one is that if this is all new to you, wonderful. And I think so often, you know, we go, oh my gosh, I've been such a bad parent or I, you know, I've messed up or, you know, oh my gosh, I said all these wrong things. That's okay. It's okay. No one's perfect. We're doing our best. Everyone is trying their best with the tools they have. You just now have new tools. So if you've hurt someone, apologize. If you've said the wrong things, you can always say the right things. Um, But knowing that this, instead of feeling ashamed that you've messed up before, get excited that you now have new tools and language. I think that's, it's, it's shifting from, oh, I'm bad to, oh my gosh, I can be better. Um, you know, and I think the other thing is that we're not supposed to hate ourselves, you know, that really it's, it, there's such an evolutionary aspect that marketing has gripped into and sunk its teeth into. And now we all don't feel good enough just as we are. And that really, that's not okay. And that's not okay for the next generation to feel that. So really doing work, figuring out not only who is profiting off of me feeling bad, but who is this hurting? You know, when I don't feel good, who does it hurt? You know, am I not st- being advocating for myself because I'm afraid of what I look like? I'm afraid of being bullied. Am I you're not speaking up? You know, did I not pick the right um, you know, career path because I was afraid? Or, you know, did I think that I, am I spending all this time because I feel like I have to be beautiful all the time? You know, I think it's really just evaluating our lives. And our lives in, in relation to diet culture, in relation to the stress and the pressure and going, 
This doesn't have to be normal. This doesn't have to be the way it is. We have the power to change it. And maybe we can't do a giant so, you know, societal shift right now overnight, but again, little by little, you know, that saying little by little one walks far, little by little we can make change. And little by little you do have the power to change your child's life. Mm, beautiful. And and really I have to commend you for the immense work that you are doing because Thank you. you are, you know, you are that that drop that is just going to to create those waves. And, Thank you and so much. I've, you know, I've learned a lot from 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 this conversation and I hope that the uh, listeners uh, will get a lot out of it. So thank, thank you. you so much I, yeah. for your time. And it, thank you. It was great talking with you. Thank you so much again. Have you been searching for the owner's manual to your child or did you just misplace it? Are you tired of trying to figure out this whole parenting puzzle, not knowing what to do when it comes to tantrums, hitting or biting, sibling rivalry, potty training, proper sleep habits, or just plain wanting a better relationship with your child. You know, I've been at this for a while now and wanted to share my own parenting manual. It's called The Parenting School, and I've created it with you in mind. Give your child and yourself the gift of mindful parenting in just a few short weeks and discover all the tools you'll ever need to parent without losing your patience, giving in, or worrying that you're messing up. If you're yearning to be more patient and present with your child while finding balance in your own life, then you already know that you need effective parenting tools and ongoing support. You know you weren't meant to be raising children alone. And you probably already know that having the right parenting tools during moments of conflict is the key to staying grounded, responding with empathy, and strengthening your parent-child relationship. You've probably sensed that you'd be a more confident parent if you had a like-minded community supporting and encouraging you. Your skills have gotten you this far, but most days you still feel like you're making it up as you go. So here's what I've got for you. Reliable parenting principles that will allow you to finally set boundaries you can confidently uphold, communicate effectively with your child, Declutter your home to enhance your child's independence, learning, and family harmony. And find more time to do the things you love. This is what the parenting school is all about. During this digital parenting course, you'll get weekly modules with lessons focused on key areas to get you where you want to be. These modules come packed full of video tutorials, journal prompts, actionable activities, expert interviews, and more, as well as weekly Lifeline group mentoring calls where I answer your questions personally, plus a virtual village with like-minded parents supporting each other during this deep-dive parenting intensive. I'll also include some extra special bonuses to keep you inspired and motivated along the way. So if this sounds too good to be true and you're ready to up-level your parenting skills as well as your family's well-being, head on over to The Parenting School at voilamontessori.com slash TPS dash enroll. That's TPS for The Parenting School dash enroll. To learn more about the, all the benefits of this fabulous interactive digital course I've created just for you 
And by the way, I've also added the link in the show notes for you. Looking forward to supporting you and your family. you enjoyed this episode of the art of parenting and if you did please make sure to share it with your loved ones i'd also be grateful for a review on itunes so it can get heard by many more and remember if you've got a question let me know i'm here for you till next time